You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. My name is Marshall Fritz. I'm with the Advocates for Self-Government, a tax-exempt education organization headquartered in Fresno, California. The purpose of the Advocates is to present the freedom philosophy honestly and persuasively so that opinion leaders can encounter these ideas, evaluate them, and when appropriate, embrace the ideals of self-government. To achieve this purpose, we teach communication and presentation skills to those people who are most deeply committed to the freedom philosophy, the libertarians. The presentation you are about to hear is part of the Communicator Workshop presented to 51 Libertarians at the Advocates' third annual summit conference held in Los Angeles, November 13, 14, and 15, 1987. This workshop was designed and presented by David Brigland, Philip Mitchell, and Marshall Fritz. It is copyrighted. Should you wish to make copies as personal gifts for your friends, you hereby have the permission of the authors. For commercial use, please write to us at 5533 East Swift, Fresno, California, 93727. And now, let's go to the live recording at the beautiful Pacifica Hotel. For those listening to this presentation on tape, you may want to attempt the homework assignment that corresponds with this speech, and then go on and listen to the next tape in this series, tape number A54, How to Adapt to Your Listener's Needs. So, first question I have, are the oranges having fun this morning? Huh? Are we, do we have any oranges? Here we go. Let's hear from the oranges. We got an orange right here, Greg. Okay, good. And uh, are the blues getting a sense of themselves and becoming and, and sharing their experience and going to be able to go home from this meeting feeling fulfilled? Good. And uh, are the browns seeing that we have relatively well structured this meeting so that you're getting a maximum amount out of it. I see we have our brown, a couple of brown quartiles over here. And of course the greens have been stimulated. They are fervently writing down all their suggestions of how we should do it different. Uh, <laughs> Keep America green. There you go. <laughs> Milton Erickson, one of the greatest uh, psychotherapists known, gave his advice to learning uh, to new uh, therapists. Tell your client what you know they're going to do anyway, because it gives you great credibility. <laughs> okay, the portion, the portion of this little segment of the entire workshop is in a sense the entire reverse of the rest of it. This is the shadow, the opposite of the whole workshop, everything that's gone before and everything that's gone afterwards. This is basically about how not to do it. Communication turnoffs. Now, I know that the people here in this group have never turned anybody off in their life 
either by your dress, your breath, or your comments. But we're talking about how you can maybe help some of your fellow libertarians back home. So we're going to demonstrate uh, how it is done. We've got our, our favorite, uh, our famous Mitchell Troop of communicating turnoffs. So David and Marshall step up here. We have a mic for you. And what we're going to do is we're going to show you here what very often happens. Marshall is a true blue card wanting to know about what libertarianism is like. And he has a question of our typical libertarian that doesn't attend these kind of workshops. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, Marshall, ask. Hit it. Some of what you say I really like, but I think you go way too far. Uh, there are some <laughs> services that are, that are necessary that only the government can provide. I think everyone knows that. It's about the stupidest goddamn thing I do. <laughs> 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 okay, now, somebody happened to be watching David at that point and said, David, you know, that may not be the best way to do it. Is there another alternative? Okay, so let's play it again now. David has had his little quickie course in at least don't turn them off. David. I think there's certain services that only the government can provide. <laughs> okay, now let's. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now, you need to watch what David is doing and listening with like 10% of your attention. What you need to really be watching is Marshall. All right? Because our temptation, particularly us green cards, is to watch the communicator. Okay? And we think, we watch this guy when he's talking, we watch this guy when he's talking. But what you really need to be focusing in on is the listener, the person, the audience. Remember David talking about know your audience? Well, one of the ways to know your audience is if you say something or you do something, what's the response? Okay, so I want you to focus in on when, when Marshall says this thing, I kind of have a half eye on, on David. But when David says or does what he does, watch Marshall's physical reactions. Okay, number three. He's had, he's had a little more. We're going to redo number one again. Are we going to redo number one? Okay. Yeah, that's a smart idea. Brilliant. That's why we thought of it. I know. Damn. Three green cards up here, and we've got to get in a big discussion on how to do it. Mr. Berglund, some of what you say, but you go way too far. There are certain services that are just absolutely necessary that only the government can provide. That's the stupidest goddamn thing ever. Have we won somebody there? <laughs> or have we turned them off? Okay, let's do the second one again. Mr. Berglund, there are some services that only the government can provide. Hmm? Ever seen 
this reaction? I mean, you know of people who have done what David did. Have you ever felt like Marshall seems to be feeling in a conversation? We're going to give some people a chance out of the audience to do this in a minute. Okay, now David has gone to the communicator workshop, but he had a long ways to go. But he did make some very significant movement after taking the communicating workshop once. And so he's improved his approach. So try it again. Hit it, Marshall. Certain services can be done only by the government. Everybody knows that. I'll send you some books. You can learn some stuff. And uh, how about some Lakers? I'm sorry, I don't follow hockey. <laughs> Okay, now, it's, it's pretty obvious that David is improving, right? Uh, but the impact... <laughs> the impact is still not positive. Okay? Uh, so uh, David realizes things aren't moving. So he repeats the communication class. <laughs> and he's learned the next step. Okay, hit it again. <laughs> Everybody knows some things can only be done by the government. Maybe you could give me an example of what you're talking about. Painting the lines down the middle of the road. <laughs> well, perhaps there are some people who are interested in doing that work part of I never thought of that. Huh? Better? David's answer was maybe there are some people. Go ahead. Perhaps there, there might be some people who would be interested in doing that who aren't part of the government. I never thought of that. Okay. Now, a little different. Are we moving into positive territory? We haven't turned the guy off. Uh, we got him wondering, gee, okay? That's a lot better, isn't it? Okay, now, having studied the material, practiced it, read the books, we now have David as a even better communicator. And he's ready to demonstrate something that you'll see coming up this afternoon, right? Everybody knows there are certain services and things that humans need that only the government can do. And I think painting those stripes down the middle of the roads is an excellent example of that. I want the roads to have stripes down the middle, and I want all the things that government does to be done as well as possible. Maybe there are some alternative ways to, do, to doing them rather than the other. Hmm. Well, I want those same things, too. Okay. How did that work? Thank you. Right, we're good. you need to stay up here for the next thing. How did that work? Okay, what was, how, how was that better than the one previous where, where David sort of asked a question? June? He said, I'm sharing your values. Yes, yes. Anything else you noticed? The interaction stayed. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, he, was, he was really interacting with a person non-verbally, too. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. looking at him. Looking at him. Good, great. David? Well, the response became more people benefit oriented. Yes. I want things to be done as well as possible. Good. Those human services should be done right. as effectively as they can be. It showed a concern for the result and not just for the mechanism. There. Perfect. Huh? We got another one back here. Karen. Isn't it important though with some questions to do what David did and ask a question so you can be sure where they're coming? That will be discussed. The idea of do you need questions is what, what he did was called the pivot. We're going to get to that this afternoon. 
yes, perhaps, but I, I think as you learn the pivot, you'll find that in most cases, you know, it works better. <laughs> I think that this is a continuation of the Carnegie thing. You bet. In that he is now responding in his interest. You bet. Rather than in his interest. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Uh, you people might make the steps all the way up to the pivot by the end of this workshop. You won't maybe need to take it three times, although it might not hurt, huh? If nothing else to help us improve. Any questions about what we're doing here? In terms of what we're wanting to do is wherever you are as a person, okay, is to take that next step of being more effective and the next step to be more and more effective. We can't go necessarily from way over there to here and see all in one step. But if, we can, if, if you can help other people, no, no one in this room, needs to move from that first position of being obnoxious and all of that and actually assaulting the person. Right? But you're beginning to see the gradations. Okay, to help you better observe and actually practice the idea of watching the person, not so much what they say, that can be helpful, but to watch their nonverbal response, we're going to have an exercise. So what I'd like to have is a volunteer to come up here, and all you'll need to do is stand. Okay, let's have a volunteer. Okay, Mark, come on up here. I want you to stand right here. Marshall, you're going to approach him first. Okay, Mark, stand there and face the audience. All you'll need to do is just stand here, and Marshall is going to approach you. He's not going to say anything. I don't want you to say anything. We're just going to observe. We're, we're going to isolate out part of the communication. When we're talking, we tend to get caught up in content. So we're isolating it out. Marshall is going to do the kind of thing that happens a lot. Watch Mark. So, stop right there <laughs> for a second. <laughs> right now, no, no, that's all right. Now, 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 keep going up just real slow. <laughs> okay. All right. Now this is. Thank you, Mark. Good. But stay, stay here because we're, we're going to maybe maybe do it. Uh, show a couple things. What did you see going on? This is not unusual. Even not because of the distance, but if you're standing there talking something, and you do things, you might get exactly the same reactions from Mark. Bob. Mark has a very big space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He started backing up mm -hmm. sooner than I think most people might. Yeah. But yeah. I have done that for an hour. Yeah. It might be different because I saw his facial expression also, which the first time was very, uh, you know, aggressive. The second time, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't too sure what it was. Yeah, what, the point here is one of the problems with most books on body language and all that is they've done research and they discovered what like 30% of the people do in a situation, and they print that. So if you read all those books, you'll make a good guess what something means or what's happening, but you'll only be right at best maybe 30% of the time. What we want you to take a look at is you don't need to know why they backed up. Was it their, your bad breath? Was it that, your was, was it that Marshall was taller and, and somebody has uh, you know, uh, bad eyes and if you're far away it's okay and if you start to get too close 
you know, you turn blur, blurry or something. There's all kinds of physiological, psychological, and cultural things affecting what that distance is. But you don't have to worry about it. If you do something like this walking up to a person and you get some kind of a reaction at a certain point, all right, register that in your mind, okay? Because then later if you're talking to that person and you're doing what you think is a wonderful job and you say something and they suddenly go, you know you've gotten too close either by your idea or you've threatened them some kind of a way. So one of the things you could do during this workshop, even to people in here, because people are so wrapped up often in what they're doing, is just from time to time, do something like get closer than you normally would to a person, see? Yeah, get right up close. And, yes, right. Uh, and if you get a, you get a counter proposal, uh, you know, that's okay. <laughs> but just to, just to watch people's reactions. And don't worry whether it's a meter away or 42 and a half inches or why, just notice it. Because it happens all the time. Okay, David, uh, what were some of the things that you noticed? Then I'm gonna have David mark up, walk up to, to Mark. What were some of the things that he did? Just physical descriptions of what he did. He backed up, leaned back, and then actually took a step back a couple of times. Laugh, smile. Laugh, smile. What kind of smile was it? <laughs> Uncertain. Uh, it wasn't a happy smile, let's call it. Actually, there's a term for it. It's called the primate smile. You know that all primates smile when threatened? So, if you get this kind of a smile from a person, okay, you have probably uh, boo-booed. Okay? Uh, they may not feel like being a monkey. Okay, uh, David, you, you approach so that we see a difference in size or having gotten used to being up here or whatever. So just real slowly approach uh, Mark, David. Watch Mark. <laughs> the handshake is a defense mechanism. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Okay, what did you see some of these times? Huh? What were some of the things you saw this time? Now that you kind of had an idea of it, did you see more? You obviously saw some of the backing up. Oh, the handshake is interesting. Yes. Uh, it, uh, tells Take the mic. Wait. Uh, the handshake is, is interesting in that, in a way, it shows David that I don't have a weapon. Mm -hmm. uh, do you? Mm -hmm. uh, why are you getting so close? And here's my empty Yeah, hand. exactly. Something. Yeah, we're going to do the hand. We're going to add the handshake to the exercise in a minute. We'll we'll, sh we'll show you even more about the handshake. Okay, let's have another volunteer up here. Uh, while we're getting any more comments about what you saw, because there was a couple more subtle things. Oh, yes? I read something else with the handshake. Yeah. I read, you can't get any closer than my outfit. Yeah, hand. yeah. All right, we'll get to the handshake here in a minute. Yeah, Bob, what'd you see? Uh, I didn't think he felt as threatened with, with yeah. David as he did with, and I think it's because of his size. Yeah, or maybe he's already done it once and he's used yeah, to standing in front of us. Good, yeah. But I'm, I'm bigger than, than yeah. Uh, anybody here, and mm. I know this very much. You bet. 
Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it can be the fact that because you're tall, uh, they can't see you that close without seeing their no, through the bi bifocals. Yeah. So a lot of times it can just be physiological things that's, like that. That's true too. Yeah. I back up so that they can look at you. You bet. And that's that's what we're going to be teaching you. Let's have another volunteer up here. Did anybody notice the color of his face change? Oh, how about any things with his eyes? Okay, we'll watch that on the second volunteer. Who's our second volunteer? Going, going. Come on up here. Okay, good. Okay, you handle the mic, Marshall. You want to approach her? Okay. Uh, uh, well, settle down first, both of you. Stay away for a little bit. No, say anything. Okay. No, no. No, no. The hug is the same as the handshake. It's uncomfortable somebody approaching you that way. And it's, it, for some people, they would rather go up and hug than to be in that uncomfortable, funny kind of place. And they've done studies even with cigarette smoking, for example. That the, one of the reasons for cigarette smoking is the man lights the woman, it's that they can both kind of get closer, you know, kind of have an excuse to get closer and intimate. And so we do things like that to do it. Okay, okay. Yeah, Susan, you, yeah, real slow now, slow down so we can get a chance. <laughs> okay, what did you see this time? Things happen a little slower. Yeah, kept her away. Before that, okay, there are some eye kind of things. Okay, you're not always sure what they mean, but okay. The what? She smiled, and it was sort of a semi-pleasant human smile, and sort of the primate smile. Okay. But Susan isn't menacing. Doesn't make any difference what you consciously believe. Okay. I think there's another factor here. With Patricia, she's mm. a blue card, yes. very warm, yes. likes to be close to people. Yes. If anybody's getting close to yeah. her, she yeah. saw some of the danger signals. Yeah. She saw, chose warm signals. Yeah. Oh, get closer, and you know, yes. I got a hug coming. Yes. Her, you know, yes. We need a nice introverted person who's terrified to get up here now, to come up here. It's right. good. No, that's fine. I, I, I want to make the point that in each side of us, we're, we're doing a lot of this typology stuff, and I don't want to get into a lot of psychological jumbo mumbo. But in each one of us is an opposite. And inside, our friendly little lady up here is a frightened little girl. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah, cold or, or aloof or whatever, okay? And inside the most cold-hearted, uh, green card, uh, you know, cruel SOB <laughs> is a little boy or little girl wanting to be loved and hugged. But it takes a while to get to that inner part, to earn the kind of respect and, and comfort to get to that. Just like it's hard for our nice little blue card who likes to hug people and be close to people to get in touch with that coldness and stuff too. So thank you. Okay, good. Um, need to, wait till you get the mic. Isn't there a difference between a man approaching a woman oh, yes. and a woman approaching a woman? Right. Because I saw her reaction mm -hmm. different than a woman. Sure. 
Sure. But again, you don't have to worry about what that is, because the best you're going to be is right is maybe 30% of the time. The idea is you get close and you start getting reactions. You just make a guess that you've probably gotten too close, and you take a step back, or you at least stop. Okay. And remember, this is an analogy not only for the physical thing, but for our verbally. Let's say I'm really getting into John and we're really doing, and then I begin to get a, a stiffening or a blushing or something, and I, I, I make a guess that I've gotten too personal, too close, or I've stepped on one of his you know, precious uh, beliefs or whatever. So what I need to do is to back off. You know? And in that kind of time, it's very often appropriate to just kind of uh, stop a moment and step back and lighten the conversation or something. Then the person relaxes. In fact, you develop more of a sense of trust and rapport with the person if you have made a boo-boo and stopped and corrected it than if you're always right. Because being right is scary. If the person is always a perfect communicator and they never make a mistake, that's kind of threatening, isn't it? Okay, so what we need to do is we don't need to deliberately make mistakes except when you're learning this kind of stuff. You can deliberately walk up to people too fast or, you know, ride up to them without shaking hands or whatever. Okay? Yes, David. This is probably totally redundant, but in every, each case, uh, there's a loud and clear uh, reaction of what are your intentions? You know, the, the eyes yeah. and the facial expression oh, sure. and everything is what are your intentions? Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, how are we doing on our time? Hmm? Let's have a, a third person up here as a volunteer. Let's have a different person. Uh, Dave, come on up here. Uh, or that's John, isn't it? No, it's Dave. Okay. You stand up here. Okay. David, do you want to approach him? Good. Okay, we got a different type personality here. Okay. Watch him now. <laughs> okay, now there are some real obvious things right at the end. But did some of you notice some things way out in here? Karen? I smile. Yeah. Eye con a smile and eye contact. Mm -hmm. Okay. Karen? I noticed almost a challenge in his eye. Oh, uh-huh. orange card, and I was thinking, gee, I'm going to watch how he tries to make it a game. Uh -huh. Huh? Okay, that's a possible. That's a guess as to what it meant, what he was doing. Exactly. Okay, Mark. I noticed um, his eyes glancing down in a way. Mm -hmm. Maybe even looking for the audience for a little support or something. Or something. Whatever he was. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Good. Some somebody over here, Bruce. His body also went shivered. Yeah. Particularly as he got closer. But there was a really subtle thing. Yeah. Say it again. Because your voice is fairly close. So, uh, his body tend to move a little bit. It kind of winds back and forth a few times as you approach the last three or four feet. Okay, good. Good observation. Yeah, okay. Eyebrows raised. Yes, good. But uh, was anybody watching his breathing? It's one of the greatest tip-offs of, of the, what's going on sort of unconsciously. He was sort of, when, when David was way back there, he was sort of, you know, nice little deep breathing. 
and pretty soon the, the stomach locked and he started breathing here, not way up here. This is the end of side one. Please turn the tape over to continue with side two. You do not need to fast forward to the end of this side. Was anybody watching his breathing? It's one of the greatest tip-offs of, of the, what's going on sort of unconsciously. He was sort of, when, when David was way back there, he was sort of, you know, nice little deep breathing. And pretty soon the, the stomach locked and he started breathing here. Not way up here, but here in the middle of his chest. And it was very shallow. The stomach was going like this. <laughs> okay? When he was way out there. Okay? Now that's subtle. You don't necessarily need to get that subtle, but just look for that kind of thing. Thank you, Dave. Okay, let's have another volunteer. And this time, uh, David, we'll do the handshake. No verbal. We need a volunteer. Let's have a woman again here. Do we have any women in the audience? Yeah, come on up here. Okay, you stand up there. And don't say anything, but as he gets close, you shake hands, and everybody watch everything, but also particularly the handshake. Okay, go ahead, David. Okay, stay there for a moment. Okay, what? What'd you get out of that? Do you read any sig signals before the handshake business, Laura? I really said she wasn't going to give anything away if she could help it, so she knew what was okay. going on. Okay, now you're making a guess there. Based upon what did you actually see, kind of gave you that hint. It seems that she was holding her face still, but mm -hmm. she would not allow expressions to come out. Right. I feel trying to come out. Okay, good. Good. Anything else? Susan? She had hesitated longer than normal and extended her hand. Okay. Okay. Does that tell you something? Uh, what she was yes. Okay. Good. Fine. That's a good guess. Yes. Over here. Bob? Yeah. I noticed that she, uh, her neck actually extended. Her head went up. Mm, very good. Yes. Very good. Exactly. Okay, now let's get to the handshake part. Mark has a point. <coughs> I noticed that um, as the handshake took place, she nodded her head yeah. dramatically mm -hmm. and even came forward a little bit with her body. Uh, but her feet stayed still. Yeah. I'm, she did this. I'm exaggerating, but it was this kind of a movement. Hmm? Okay, George? It seemed like the handshake was more of a positioning thing. Uh -huh. What she said was, move back a little bit. Her arm was straight out. Yes. And and she leaned in to greet his hand, kind uh -huh. of beat him to get him uh -huh. close. Uh -huh. And then moved him back out and uh -huh. set herself up. Okay. Her area was much larger than 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 uh, they. Her her comfort area was much further away. Mm, I'm not sure of that, but it was dramatic that at some point that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Dorothy, thank you. Do you have a comment about how it how it felt for you? Uh I have often thought that I would like to be able to uh, 
get close to anyone, even the bums in L.A. on the street, if necessary, and not get rigid mm -hmm. and uh, preclude anything, any communication happening. So I'm just willing to, to see what this guy can do, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Now what I want to do is, George, you come up here. And uh, I'll do the handshake with you, and we'll do it kind of laterally here so you can see the handshake part better. We'll just do the kind of the last little part here of the handshake. Now, I'm going to shake hands here in, in a couple of different ways and watch uh, George's reaction. Hi, Phil. Yeah, hi. Okay. What, what, was, what was my communication there? Eager out here, but what did I do up, up here? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I can't. You can't get, try to get closer. <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be doing some kind of Indian wrestling, right? Okay. Okay, so I walk up here like this. Okay. So, in a sense, yeah. you, you could, can, could you kind of see that too? I was pulling him closer to me. And one of the values of a handshake is for you, it's a sense organ, it's a biofeedback machine. How close to me? Okay. All right. Now, how, they actually have courses in handshaking for sales. Okay, and this is some of the bizarre stuff they teach. The idea in most sales courses is 100 opposite of what we're teaching you, is to take control and be dominant. That, that's the way to guarantee, uh, uh, what do they call it, sales remorse, uh, re buyer's remorse, okay? Uh, I'll do the take charge handshake kind of thing. <laughs> I may win the handshake but lose the contract, or I'll have a very unhappy co uh, uh, customer. Okay? What they do is things like if whoever's hands on top is in control. Now, there cannot be any stupider ideas in the world than that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm demonstrating uh, David's uh, uh, tech, or first technique, assault the opposition. All right. So what's, what's the principle of handshaking? Huh? I do what he does. Okay? In terms of not only distance, I allow him to decide the distance, but in the grip of the shake. Okay? Now, I shook his hand too hard there. You notice that? Okay, give me a different handshake. <laughs> now, his handshake was very low. The minute I got that signal, my handshake was, you know, I wasn't trying to do this. Okay, give me a different one. Okay? So he gripped me real hard, and I gripped him right back. So what we're doing is letting the other person, in a sense, determine, let's say, the distance, within reason of what we can do, because we have our own distance. But if I get in the right distance with Dorothy and so forth, and I've kind of got that, and I want a little more distance, I can maybe step back a little bit or whatever. But I want to get as much, in a way, physically, uh, typology-wise, in the other person's thing. Okay? Thank you, George. Thanks. Terrific. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Not good? Following up on that, on that last point, why not let the other person be as comfortable as they can be? I've had many experiences because of what I've done where I've been in conversation with people. And I don't have a real large space, but yeah, I guess it's very normal. But there are a whole lot of people that want to get right up in your face and talk to you. <laughs> and <clears throat> you can go just dance all around the room if you want to but if someone is like that even mm -hmm. though I'm not terribly comfortable with it I know that they are so mm -hmm. if this is how a person wants to talk with you mm -hmm. I love and don't be you know going like this mm -hmm. or, because if, if we're in and in 
not, I don't want to put down sales or put it up or anything like that. We are in the process of trying to make people feel comfortable with us so they can feel comfortable with our ideas. And so if you are sensitive to what the other person needs on that physical level in terms of space and handshakes and what and facial expressions, then you do not cause them any discomfort if you basically let them uh, be comfortable. Okay, good. Any last little bit of questions about sort of the basic purpose here, because we need to move on to the assignment for lunch. But any questions about like the purpose of what we're doing here? So that you know what we're well, what we're doing is we're wanting to have the other person feel comfortable. That way they'll be open, just like David said. Okay? Are you ready now for your assignment for lunch? You will choose to do this with vigor. Alright? This afternoon, our first session afternoon, is going to take your homework assignment and we're going to do things and give you a chance to actually come up here and practice uh, your bite-sized response. So the homework is making up bite-sized response. Uh, get in your book and turn to page, let me check to make sure, page 14. It's exercise two on page 14 and it starts about four or five pages there. Uh, it starts off with like a hook and then some themes then the, some uh, suggested bodies and close to the answer. To make sure you have the answer. The answer is to the drug question. Um, you wouldn't really decriminalize drugs, would you? That's the question that you're going to be answering. And what we're going to have you do is to get in groups of four. It has to be five, that's okay. It has to be three, that's okay. Four is the ideal number. And you'll see why uh, as we move along. You get together and the four people have to be your same type. So four greens are going to get together for lunch. That's all right. You'll, you'll see how we'll handle you poor oranges, George. We don't want you to feel left out. Well, you, I know you want to participate, right? I do. I yeah, do. exactly. Okay. <laughs> Solve that problem. Take action. Okay. What? What I want, there's some of you who are greens who have a second color. Like it could be a blue or an orange or a brown. So the greens who vastly outnumber in this audience, unlike the real world, uh, what I want you to do, if your second color, you're fairly, if you're green, but you're fairly strongly a brown or whatever, I want you to join with the browns. And if you're a blue as a second color, I want you to join with the blues. So there's several greens that have orange as a second color. So we'll be splitting up into the four corners by, by temperament. Then we'll want you to form up groups of three, four, or five, ideally four if you can. Go to lunch together. Then the thing you'll do is you'll, you'll decide after you've ordered lunch, you know, that kind of good stuff. You're going to start with the hook. And you have to get unanimous agreement on which hook goes with each of the four temperaments. All right? So you have to get agreement, you have to talk about, and so you have to discuss, why is this, this for the green? Or you might all agree, yeah, that's the green one. But get into discussion of which is blue, which is brown. It'll really make you think through not only the typology, but help you in organizing the bite size. See how we're dovetailing the two exercises? All right, and then you do the same with the body, uh, theme, body, and clothes. And I would say with the body, what? Three choices at the most, three, probably about two or three at the most. And then when you've got 
a choice for the green, a hook for the green, a theme for the green, a body for the green, and a clothes for the green, that kind of thing. You'll choose one of you to get up in front of the group and give your choice. Okay? In other words, we'll ask for hooks for greens and we'll have several groups. So be prepared as you come up there for each of the member of four to give the hook, the theme, or an example from the body. Of each, you, color? Of each color? Yeah, well, we'll do co one color at a time, like the hook, all right? Each so we'll do... Be able to do all four colors. Oh, you bet. Okay? So here's repeating the exercise. We'll split you into temperament in the four colors. Yes? That's all right. If I'm a brown and the brown would like to do my brown. No. Oh, okay. The browns will get together and do... You would be smart to probably start with the brown and get the, get the parts for the brown and then pick... What would you pick for green? Because, you know, the world isn't all brown. It's just mostly brown. And, <laughs> and, and what you want to do is pick it for the other types. See, it's a practice of not only doing your own type, but each of the other types. Did that answer your question too, Art? Okay. So in terms of the sequence, we'll have the four colors. You know, the four temperaments will go in the four corners. You will form up in four groups. You will go to lunch together. You have two hours from 12 to 2. And during that time, you will get unanimous agreement on a hook for each of the colors, a theme, two or three choices of the body, and a close. And be prepared when we get to the hook for somebody to stand up and give the green hook from your team. Now, is there any questions before I send you to the 14 uh, directions? Yes, over here. That all, all of them on that one question. Yeah. Because the, basically they, they answer that question. Yes, Gail. Um, I wasn't going to be here for lunch. I've got a sick kid at home. Yes. Well, what we'll let you do is go with one of the green groups and be like a fifth member of the group. When I come back in? Well, right now. And then when you come back, whenever you get back, get with that group. Because what we're going to do is when you come back, we will have the room organized by the four temperaments so that the greens will all be together, the oranges and the browns. And remember, you greens who have a second color, join with that second color. Thank you for listening to our presentation. If you would like a catalog of training tools and materials to help you gain confidence as a communicator of the freedom philosophy, please write a call free at 800-932-1776 or in California, please call 209-292-1776. Or you may write to us at 5533 East Swift, Fresno, California, 93727. All contributions to the advocates are tax deductible. This recording was made by Jim Turney of Liberty Audio, Richmond, Virginia, and David Robison of the Advocates, Fresno. This is Marshall Fritz, and I'd like to end this tape with a quotation from Bernard Baruch. The ability to express an idea is well nigh as important as the idea itself. Thank you.